Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Hello everyone and happy Halloween. This week I want to talk about different defense mechanisms and different strategies for healthy coping and other less healthy coping mechanisms that are used. So I'm sure we've all heard of defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms. These are behaviors that we take on in order to cope with stress essentially. And With stress, that can also mean anxiety, which anxiety isn't limited to just people with anxiety disorder. Everyone will experience anxiety at one point or another. Anytime you feel nervous or uneasy, and anxiety is usually an appropriate reaction to a situation that would be anxiety-provoking for anyone. And it really just becomes a disorder when the anxiety is really unwarranted and it's ill-adaptive. But otherwise, anxiety is a common feeling for anyone to have, and so defense mechanisms can help out with dealing with anxiety, as well as really any feeling that is unpleasant. So feelings of anger, feelings of sadness, defense mechanisms come in as well. It really helps us not to truly act on our anxieties and to react with impulsive actions. Defense mechanisms comes into play to replace those feelings and aims to relieve a lot of those feelings of stress, anxiety. So there's different levels to defense mechanisms. There are healthy ways to for defense and there are less healthy ways. There's level one, which is usually just seen in children, but it can also exist in adults. But usually when it exists in adults, it is found with personality disorders. So what I'm talking about in this episode really does apply to the series that I had a little over a year ago on personality disorders. So I really do invite you to listen to this episode. You can finish listening to this episode, but then go back and listen to those personality disorders episodes. Even if you did hear those episodes before, I think it's worth going back and listening to them because these defense mechanisms will make more sense when talking about those personality disorders. And also the personality disorders themselves will also be easier to understand in light of how these defense mechanisms work. So level one in children and people with personality disorders, these are the least healthy types of defense mechanisms. Then you have more that are considered immature, which it would be classified as level two. So instead of being pathologic, these are just more immature, more primitive And this can also be seen in children, adolescents, people with personality disorders, but also can exist in people with very severe anxiety. 
And then we have level three, which is considered to be neurotic. This can really be found in anyone. Anyone can be neurotic, and they might not necessarily have a personality disorder, but they have different neuroses found in their personality that um, is just defense mechanisms that aren't as mature as they could be, but it's not yet at that immature or primitive step. This is very often found in people that have anxiety, but it can really be found with anyone, especially if you're impacted by trauma. Then level four is the mature or sophisticated defense mechanisms that adults will have. But a lot of times people will have, at different times, they will move between these levels. So each person is not confined to a certain level. There's definitely movement or you can have different reactions that are found within different levels. So it's very fluid. There are some defense mechanisms that are considered more immature and other ones that are considered more mature. So starting with the pathological defense mechanisms, the first one I'll discuss um, as a defense mechanism is called splitting. And this is most often associated with borderline personality disorder or BPD. However, other individuals can have it too without strictly having that disorder. This is really just an all-or-nothing approach to a situation or a person. And it might be all-or-nothing, or it could be all-positive or all-negative. And it really exists because a person is not able to really see the gray areas and integrate positive and negative aspects to a situation or to a person. So this can also be referred as being hot and cold. So there's really no in-between temperature. Someone is either very warm to you or they're very cold to you. And someone can even split with themselves as well. They can view themselves as completely worthless or they feel like they have very high self-esteem and that depends on one situation to another and they're not able to really see an in-between with that. And of course, this can lead to a lot of issues because they can extrapolate the splitting to other situations and this can lead to pretty severe stereotyping to certain populations. Like if you had a negative experience with a Caucasian person, then you might think that all Caucasian people are bad. Um, this can apply to different sexes. You could have someone that was raped, so they might have good reason to need a defense mechanism like that. And they might then have splitting going on, and they would see all men as, as bad and there's no room in their mind for a man to prove himself to be to be trustworthy because they have this splitting as a defense mechanism which you can kind of see how how this would come up because if someone is hurt by a certain situation from a biological basis that person would probably want to avoid certain situations but splitting really takes that to an extreme instead of someone just being careful and seeing different patterns to things they end up just going the extreme route and completely shutting down certain situations or certain types of people. And this can also apply to different uh, career choices, like 
if you really dislike someone and they happen to be a nurse, then maybe when you're hospitalized and a nurse is taking care of you, you might be very rude to her because you've had that negative experience with someone who was a nurse. And you can also have this in a positive sense as well. Another pathological defense mechanism is projection. And this one is based off of having your own feelings and then placing those feelings onto someone else. And so this is like a type of externalization. So if you feel that you are angry, you might go up to someone and ask them why they're angry and treat them as if they're angry in order to relieve some of the anger that you feel. You might also think that someone hates you, but it's really that you hate them. Um, and this can also be the opposite, where you perceive that someone loves you, but in reality, it's really you that loves them. And the classic example of this is if a man is interested in seeing other women, um, he might become very fearful that his wife is cheating on him, even though he's the one who has those feelings, not her. So the next defense mechanism is denial. And you might know that this is this is the first stage of the stages of grief. And really, the stages of grief kind of go in order of increasingly mature defense mechanisms for the most part. And so denial is exactly what it sounds like. It's not accepting reality uh, in order to avoid those thoughts or those feelings that cause anxiety or cause stress. And commonly this this can occur in grief, like when a loved one dies or really any time that you've received bad news. And people can also experience this with substance use disorder, whether it's alcoholism or opioid addiction, cocaine use, people will deny that they actually have a problem. And that's a major step to get over for substance abuse treatment. You have to first acknowledge that you have a problem. So denial is really that pathological defense mechanism there. So then moving on to level two or the immature defenses. And a lot of these, especially the immature Defense mechanisms are very much attention-seeking, and I think we're seeing that these are more and more commonly seen by even individuals without any personality disorder or any severe anxiety disorder that people are just having these characteristics because we live in a world where there is a lot of loneliness and there is a lot of disconnection with other people. We don't have the same amount of social support as our ancestors had before us with new technology and especially during COVID things going virtual human connection is really a rare resource so a lot of people will have a lot of these immature defense mechanisms in order to draw attention to themselves and try to find some of that connection. So I want to emphasize again that all of these are very much adaptable to certain situations. Some of them are very unhealthy and they probably should be worked on, but it doesn't mean that you're crazy or 
you have a mental disorder necessarily. It just means that you are reacting in the only way that you know how to react to a situation. So the first one is acting out. And this is exactly what it sounds like, and I want you to imagine a kicking and screaming child having a temper tantrum, because that's really acting out in a child, but when adults do this, it might look a little bit different, but it's still having a sort of temper tantrum of sorts. So it's really using action to express feelings and thoughts instead of using words or other coping mechanisms. And again, seen a lot of times in children, but also in personality disorders, especially borderline and antisocial. And oftentimes the the actions uh, could be like yelling, throwing things in response to a stressor. Another immature defense mechanism is blocking. This is just what it sounds like, just not being able to think when feeling an enormous amount of stress, and this often occurs with any situation that could be embarrassing. Someone might just be deer in the headlights after that and really not be able to think clearly at all, and really Anyone has the ability to have this at one time or another. I don't want anyone to hear this episode and think like, oh no, I have a pathological defense mechanism or oh no, I have an immature defense mechanism. With more levels of more extreme stress and anxiety, I think anyone is susceptible to any defense mechanism coming up. And I think the first step is being able to acknowledge that and acknowledge that it's a defense mechanism and that the behavior is occurring in order to protect yourself from the stress. And just knowing that, yes, there are healthier defense mechanisms to take on and you can even just try to incorporate more of those defense mechanisms before to try to prevent the immature defenses to come out. But blocking can occur Uh, even with being put on the spot, whether it's in school or work, to give an answer to a question or do something public speaking and your mind just goes completely blank. But then a minute later, after you're pulled out of that, that stress and being put on the spot, you immediately are like, oh my gosh, I should have said this. Like, I knew this all along. I don't know why it didn't come to me. Out of the immature defenses, I think that's probably the most common one that I hear people talk about. The next one is idealization, which involves only looking at the positive of a situation or a person and just completely ignoring the negative features. So this is also a common one that I hear, especially in social media now at times. You may have heard of people in relationships ignoring the red flags just completely ignoring all of the red flags, even though they're there, and everyone else sees the red flags, but because you are so in love and you're so invested in the relationship, you just don't see the red flags. And then after you get out of that relationship, you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, how did I miss that? So this was probably idealization going on, that you only saw the positives and you did not see the negatives. 
think this can happen to anyone, but it's especially very common in people with personality disorders. And this isn't limited just to relationships. It can also be with your job that you only see the good in your job and you look back and you are astonished that you stayed there that long. But that was your way of coping with all of the negatives was to have that idealization going on. Okay. Another immature defense mechanism is identification. And this is just the characteristic of imitating and modeling another person's behavior or traits. And that includes the good and the bad. And this is done unconsciously, not purposefully. And it's especially common in children where you really latch onto a person that you admire and you want to dress like them and you want to act more like them. And it's really like having a role model, but it's a little bit more intense in that you don't really do this consciously. You just all of a sudden morph into this other person. But a problem with identification is that uh, this is how bullies are created in that if a young boy has a father that is abusive towards him, then that boy might identify as his father and then may abuse and bully kids in his class. Okay, so the next one is being passive aggressive. So this is one that again is very common. A lot of people do this and it's kind of commonplace now, but this is actually an immature defense mechanism. So you probably know what this is already, but it's really expressing anger towards someone in an indirect way instead of being confrontational. So in many ways, it, it might be better than acting out on your anger directly towards the person because that can be violent, but passive aggression is still very much aggression. It's especially common in children and people with BPD or borderline personality disorder, but again, a lot of people do this at one time or another. So an example of this is maybe at, at work or school, you get bad feedback, so then on your next assignment, you might procrastinate or you might do a really bad job in order to show that you're upset about uh, the critique that you that you received. An example at home, um, if you live with someone and you're angry at someone at home, you might neglect different chores that you have around the house. And the next one is undoing. And this is an interesting one in order to avoid avoid feelings of guilt about something that you did someone might instead do the opposite behavior so this might present with someone being very rude to a person and then because they feel guilty about it they they then start really being nice to the person might buy them gifts and spend a lot of time with them and do things for them. And this is also very common in abusive relationships where there might be physical or or emotional abuse going on and then that person instead of to avoid feeling guilty will then shower them with love. And then another one is regression, and this is 
a return to childlike behavior, and this return is involuntary, so someone can't really control this. And it's really done in order to revert back to a time where they wouldn't have their current stressor that is affecting them. So you can think of a, a child who now has a younger sibling, and the sibling is now getting a lot more attention than they are. And so that that child, in order to receive as much attention as his younger sibling, uh, starts to regress back to a previous level of development to start to have those characteristics of his younger sibling. So if he's potty trained to then start wetting the bed or crying more often. And many times when a child has a very stressful situation, they might resume certain behaviors that are less like acting out, but may revert to a previous coping skills, like a child starting to suck their thumb again. And regression can also occur in adulthood, especially with dependent personality disorder. And that's one that really involves being dependent on another person to meet their needs. And you can kind of see how a lot of times that would be more childlike behavior. And they might feel overwhelmed by the stressors of having to make adult decisions and take care of themselves as an adult. So that's a very good example of regression. And the last immature defense mechanism is fixation. So this one refers to the process of when growing up, uh, someone stops at a certain level of development of their personality and never, never fully grows up from it. And there's different childhood stages like the oral, the anal, and the phallic stages, which I should definitely make an episode um, in the future to talk about some of the basics of psychology because I think it's an interesting topic that I think a lot of people would get a lot out of understanding. But this is where the term anal retentive comes from, that some people just don't grow up from a certain stage of development. And this doesn't mean like you're never able to learn to walk or talk or anything. It more manifests as different types of defenses that children have, and then you have it into adulthood. Like an example of this is chewing on pens or biting nails, uh, sucking on thumbs when in a stressful situation. So these are actually considered to be an immature defense. So wow, I have already spoke for a while now, and I think I got through about half of the defense mechanisms, so I actually want to take another episode to go over the rest of these, because I think that it takes a while to fully explain all of these, but I hope that you can listen to this episode, and then and you can start acknowledging different defense mechanisms that you might have in your life. Um, so take notice of that and maybe you'll realize that other people in your life may have some of these defense mechanisms. And next week I'll speak on some of the more neurotic and the more mature defense mechanisms and kind of contrast that with the ones that I talked about this week. So I hope you learned something from this episode and looking forward to posting next week. 
let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. You can follow First Line on Instagram at First Line Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash First Line Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.